Do you ever hear the alarm go off and think, ugh, five more minutes? Well, you are not alone. Welcome to the Life as a Team Sport podcast, where we will take the concepts from sports and apply them to everyday life. So whether you're an athlete, a former athlete, the mom of an athlete, or just love watching sports, we invite you to come along with us as we explore family, faith, fitness, and have a lot of fun doing it. This is a podcast by the women of sport for the women of sport. Happy New Year and welcome back to another episode of Life is a Team Sport. I'm Patricia and I'm here with Becky Pinio. Becky, how you doing? Doing great, doing great. Glad that we get to get on here and talk again. Yeah, I know. Me too. How's your day so far? It has been wonderful. Loving having some good weather. We get to go outside. Yeah, I know. Same here. I've been outside in the yard with the kids a couple of times now, which, you know, having a mild winter has its advantages. True. Very true. Yeah. Well, so we are here with a guest today that I'm really excited about. She played basketball at NC State University in North Carolina and is now a health systems engineer. She is also one of my volunteers with FCA at Maryland. And so welcome to the show, Kaylee Evans. Thanks. I'm excited to be here with you both. Yeah, we're happy to have you. So, Kaylee, we are going to be talking today about humility, which is an interesting topic. I was really excited when you told me that's what you uh, you wanted to talk about as far as lessons that you've learned from sport. But before we get to that, tell us a little bit about growing up in North Carolina. Sure. So I loved growing up in North Carolina. I had a brother and sister and my parents. We grew up sort of in the middle of the state and, uh, you know, family and sports were probably the two biggest drivers in my life. Um, Probably where I spent the most time. Um, It was either with my family or or playing sports. That's awesome. So we um, have this one segment that we do before we, we do the interview called the highlight reel. And I know you have something specific to North Carolina that you wanted to highlight for us today. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about Piedmont Pennies. Sure. So my childhood best friend, Rebecca, she has started her own business right now. It's called Piedmont Pennies. And essentially, it's taking one of her grandmother's recipes where she used to make and bake cheese pennies with her dad and her family around the holidays. And she has taken the recipe and enhanced it a little bit. And now she sells cheese pennies um, to friends and families. And her hopes are to sell it to um, hotels one day. And she just has a big vision for spreading happiness through a simple cheese snack. And she's really impressed me with her efforts in doing that and just highly recommend everyone to go check them out. They have a website and she's selling orders um, of cheese pennies of different, you know, 10 sizes. And they're really good too. I've, I've had so what, quite a few. Kaylee, what exactly are these? I've never heard of these. Yeah. So, I mean, they're just a little cheese snack and they have a little kick to them. So you have to appreciate a little spice, but I think it, Definitely sets it apart from any regular cheese snack. 
Yeah. So Kaylee actually got me a little pack of these. And for anyone that loves cheese, I highly recommend. They were amazing. I think I ate the whole thing that weekend. But they, when I think of like a, it's not something that needs to be refrigerated. They're almost like little cheese crackers. Um, okay, so but they're like the size like, of a penny. Okay, it's so like cheese its but better. Oh, yes. Oh, but way better. Much I mean, better. It's, it's, oh, yeah. It's like real cheese. Oh, real cheese. Okay. That's but they been turned into a cracker. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, you, you know, so Patricia's really good at this, Kaylee. She will link it in our show notes and she'll get the website out there, right? Because yep. P- Pinio over here needs help with that because <laughs> I'm not a techo, techie girl. So um, I would definitely order those for my kids' lunches, for my house, for the holidays. Oh, yeah. Oh, listen, stocking stuffers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. Check. Yep. Check. So my kids got some in their stocking this year, um, but they're, you know, they're going to be advertising them and selling them in the new year, too. So um, definitely highly recommend. Well, Kaylee, tell us a little bit about how you got into basketball. Sure. So I'm fairly tall. Right. That's usually a a requirement, I guess, for for most basketball players. And I was just interested in the sport. So I started at a pretty young age and played in a recreational league. And then I remember trying out for the middle school team and just really loving that and um, enjoying just the chance to work hard at something and and get better at it. And it just naturally fell into one of, you know, my favorite things that I like to do. And so, yeah, I continued with it on into high school. And that's where I would say I started to have a dream about playing in college because I just really enjoyed the sport and, and yeah, just thought that's really what I wanted to do, what the right next step would be. So were you pretty successful as a young player? You know, it depends on how you define success. Um, All right. <laughs> to me, I would say I wasn't really the best player out there naturally. I'd certainly had to work at everything that I um, accomplished, uh, but I was fortunate to have really good coaches uh, across the board um, that were true to fundamentals And so it was something that even if I wasn't the most athletic, I could work on those things. And, um, you know, nothing really beats hard work. Right. And I did did have a coach who would say that, you know, there's no substitutes for some things. Right. Such as height and and athleticism. (laughs) But I, I would say our high school team, we did find success in that we just would stick to the fundamentals and we we were a team, you know, and we, we played to each other's strengths. And then our, our senior year, we did make it to the state championship final game. And wow, we did lose, um, (laughs) you know, certainly would have wanted to win that, but looking back, I don't even think we were supposed to make it that far. Um, so I would, I would say we found success and that we, we certainly gave it our best and, um, we just enjoyed a journey that I think hard, you know, a journey of hard work that, that paid off, even though it ended Mm -hmm. in a, in a loss. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to be able to look at that. So I coached a team actually back quite a few years ago now um, that did the same thing. We were 
ranked eighth or ninth in the state. I think ninth. And we ended up in the state championship game. And that journey, even though we lost the ultimate, the last game, um, is not something that anybody can take away from us, from the coaches, from the players. And, you know, I think that appreciating the journey for what it was is is important. So it's that's cool to hear you describe it that way. Yeah, I, I totally get that. Yeah. yeah, everybody wants to get to that game. I mean, that game is like the best ever, even if you don't win, because there's mm-hmm. only two teams. So, oh, yeah. you know, I just feel like I never made it in high school. Our team never made it that far. Yeah. And, um, but we always wanted to. Like, that was always the goal every well, season, right? <laughs> and so. I remember, at least for the team that I coached, it was a smaller team, smaller school. And I really felt like we were walking into the movie Hoosiers, if anybody's ever seen that. Like we walked into the gym and it was literally kind of an arena and there were bleachers that went all the way up to the ceiling. And my girls were like, oh my gosh, you know, just like looking around and we got our own locker room and, you know, just there were really cool things along the journey that they could see that all of their hard work was building towards something. And it was just really exciting. That's really cool. Yeah, it's fun. So in high school, so you senior year, that happened senior year, right? Yes. You ended up in the state championship game. Wow. So I know, you know, by senior year, a lot of kids have kind of figured out where they're going to school and narrowed things down and decided whether they're playing or not. So, you know, how did that journey look for you? I know you ultimately went to NC State. Was that something that was in your plans beforehand? How did that, how did that work? So... NC State was only in my dreams, right? It was not, (laughs) it was not in my plans at that time, you know, even senior year, um, Mm. as far as basketball went. Now, for college, for school, I had been accepted to NC State and the School of Engineering. So I was excited about that. I kind of thought I would be hanging up basketball and um, was okay with that. And and yeah, so there was no plans of playing sports, only only plans of attending NC State for school. Okay. Now, what about NC State? I know that um, Kay Yao was a big influence in your life. Um, is that kind of why you loved NC State as a kid? Was it just the local team that you always grew up cheering for? Yeah, so it was a mix of things. My dad went to NC State. He was there. Um, actually when the men's team won the national championship. So he he was always a a longtime NC State fan. And we did grow up going to football games and basketball games. And as I got into basketball, I would go to the summer camps at NC State that KL would lead. And so certainly it Mm -hmm. was a mix of just the team that I cheered for as well as um, you know, the team that I followed, in, you know, very closely, especially as my love for basketball grew. Yeah. Wow. So tell us about your connection with Kay Yao. Sure. So like I was just saying, I, I did get to attend her camps and looking back, just so grateful for that experience because she is just an iconic coach. Right. And I just remember from the few interactions we would have at camp because there was hundreds of girls there just Mm -hmm. she had a way about her that was super super humble right which is what we're we're talking about today but I noticed that just from the way she took time for other people and and was willing to chat with the campers and um Mm -hmm. 
you know, to, to be a coach now that I see it on the other side, it's a fast paced lifestyle and there's not a lot of time for small conversations or relationship building, but she did that. And I not only learned that at camp, but I I had this book that I read that had accounts of her and really sounds weird, but just kind of studied her lifestyle and, and who she was. And she was just, easily a role model and someone I inspired to be like. Wow. So I know you did a fundraiser for the Yao Foundation. Is that kind of why you chose to participate with that? Yes, actually. So in, in high school for senior year, we had to do a project and I, I knew that the foundation that Yao had set up was to raise money for breast cancer awareness. And not only did colleges do this, but in high schools, you could set up your own play for K game. And I remember contacting the KL foundation and they gladly, you know, helped set a couple of things up, but truly at large, you know, the community of, of my hometown in Burlington, North Carolina, and my high school, Williams high school, everyone from the the cheerleaders to the band, to the men's basketball team, to just you know, parents of players, everyone helped out and, and made the, the play for K game is what we called it just such a phenomenal experience. And we were able to raise money to donate to the KL cancer fund and also mm-hmm. a local breast cancer charity, because I also um, had an aunt who passed away from breast cancer and um, just wow. between her and, and KL, they, those two were my, my motivation for doing such events. Yeah. Wow. And so you got the opportunity to kind of be behind the scenes and set everything up and do a lot of the funding. Right. Okay. Wow. And so tell us about how that, how much did you raise? Do you remember kind of how did that go? Yeah. So I remember having a goal of maybe $5,000. I think it was, you know, sort of arbitrary. I, at the time I just set a goal. Right. And, uh, like I said, it was really incredible to see everyone want to buy into the event. Mm-hmm. And, you yeah. know, including my aunt's husband, um, who made Aww. us t-shirts, right, that we would sell. He didn't want a dime for the t-shirts, wow. but we sold so many t-shirts. Yep. So that's what I mean by just so many ways other people helped made it possible. We ended up raising, I think, close to $12,000. Wow. Um, wow. And it, it was just a very humbling experience um, for me as a senior in high school. I, I was blown away. Yeah, that's incredible. So I, I know you were the top fundraiser, right, for that year. So what did that mean for you? What was the experience after that? Yes. So I remember getting a call on April 1st, which is April Fool's Day, right, that it is <laughs> a senior year of high school that <laughs> – that I had raised the most money um, out of any high school. So there was different categories, colleges versus high school, and, okay. you know, divisions. And the KL Cancer Fund was who was calling and said, Kaylee, since, you know, your effort has raised the most money um, out of any high school for the KL Fund, we want to invite you to the Women's Final Four. I, I thought it was an April Fool's wow. joke. I, I mean, I... <laughs> <laughs> It's funny. I'm so excited. 
Wow, that's so cool. So what did that mean? You were their guest at the final four? Was the final four near you? No, so the final four was in Denver, Colorado. And okay. I Sweet. my parents were invited too. Um, but my mom we ended up going with me. And that's one of my favorite memories with my mom to date. And we went out Aww. to Denver and felt like just an honored guest, right? With the KL Fund. They took us mm-hmm. around everywhere we got to go to part of the coaches convention um because you know all the the division one two three coaches are out there Mm -hmm. watching the games we got to go to the games and and hang out with some of the KL staff who are all just phenomenal people that's amazing so I know at this point KL was no longer coaching at NC State did you get to meet the current coach while you were in Denver right so KL had had since passed from breast cancer Um, And the new coach was uh, Kelly Harper and she was out there and I did get to meet her. It was another one of those moments where I was just kind of in awe, like, wow, uh, I followed NC State and I had followed her team, you know, in the couple of years that she had been there. And so that was really neat to meet her in person. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. So when you met her in person, I mean, we're thinking this is what, May, right? And so had you been, reel us back, like, had you been accepted to NC State? Did you know you were going? Like, kind of where were you in that process? Right. So I knew I was going to NC State. And so when I met her, I said, hey, Coach Harper, you know, I'm heading to NC State. I had actually talked with the KL Fund about being a team manager because one of the staff on the the KL Cancer Fund, she had... um, she well, she was a grad assistant and had sort of mentioned to me the opportunity to be a team manager. And I thought that would be awesome. You know, I could, you know, be a part of the team. And so when I was interacting with Coach Harper, I said, hey, when I get to NC State, I would love to see if there's a way I could become a team manager or help out with the team. And she said, absolutely. Come to my office as soon as you get on campus. And I was, you know, wow. pumped. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So fast forward us into freshman year at NC State now. Did you do that? Like, did you go by and be like, hey, I'd love to be a manager? Kind of what happened? Like, how did you end up on yeah, the team? So before that happened, I I wasn't going to chicken out. I was going to do that. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I I don't know really what it was. I just remember going to school and, you know, I had my roommates and my sweet mates and, it, it, you know, it was fun, but I was just missing basketball, right? I thought I was ready to hang mm, it up, yeah. but... I, I wasn't. And I remember hearing about club sports and I Mm -hmm. went and tried out for the club women's team at NC state and, um, did that for about a month. I would say it was so much fun. Uh, you know, it was a great (laughs) way to meet people right off the bat. Um, but then I remember the club coach announcing that the women's varsity team was having a tryout that year. And again, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. This, this doesn't happen often, <laughs> right? Usually they have a full roster. Right. So before yeah. I went to ask about being a manager, I decided, well, I'm going to try out for the team. Nice. That's, That's awesome. Cool. So you went to tryouts and then how did you find out, you know, that you made the team? Did you just find your name on a list? Did they call you into the office? What happened? Yeah. So it was a couple of weeks of trying out, actually, you know, a little bit of back and forth. Um, 
playing pickup with the team every once in a while. I remember one of the leaders on the team at the time, Marissa Kostanek, she would text me. And if I wasn't in class, I remember dropping whatever I was doing and running to the gym and playing <laughs> pickup with the girls. And um, it was, it was a series of, of patterns like that, you know, try out and, and pick up. And then I remember walking back from class one day and receiving a call from coach Harper. And she said, Hey, Kaylee, you know, this isn't going to be glamorous. You know, I want you to have that expectation, but I want you to know we want you on the team if, if you want to decide to do this. Uh, so tell us how you felt. Like, did you feel like an equal member of the team going oh, in? Oh, man, not at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I said, I had yeah. been playing pickup with some of the girls and their quickness and athleticism was way beyond mine. Um, so just from a, mm. you know, athletic stance, I, I did not feel like I measured up, like I was worthy um, of a spot on the team. Uh, so no. <laughs> so what did you feel like your role was? Yeah. So I like, like anything, I guess in life to that point, which wasn't much besides school and sports. Um, I was always willing to work hard and to fulfill, you know, whatever role that I need to. And so for me on that team, it was to work as hard as I can. Cause I did understand that, mm. you know, coach Harper explained to me, you know, I'm going to be on scout team, helping the girls prepare for the opponent. So, you know, I, I didn't have time to, play this pity party of oh well, I'm not as good as them like I knew I needed to get my act together and and be ready and learn the plays and just get up to speed as quickly as I could because you know it was is it only going to help the team right um so I yeah because I mean at that point they were right, counting on you right. right yeah yeah that's cool so I think there's this misconception that humility is weakness so how do you define humility and why did that give you strength yeah. in college? So, you know, I, I think humility is a lot of things. Um, and it didn't just start in college. I think humility a lot of times is just considering others as more important than yourself. Right. And knowing that your, your role sometimes is, well, all the time is, is not to look out for just yourself, but to look out for the interests of others. And, um, you know, for, from a basketball standpoint, right with in college, like I knew that I had to, to be willing to die to myself in the sense of, you know, I wasn't on that team to be the star player or to get all of the attention. Um, my role was very different, but I, you know, it was in humility, I could sort of say, you know, I don't, it, it's okay that this is my role. And, and if I just can accept it and, and can more so like, think about how I can serve my teammates better as far as showing up, learning the plays, you know, being the best I can on scout team, um, that would, that would help out my, my other teammates. And so it, in a weird way, I think humility is like accepting what your role is and not not wanting it to be more than it needs to be and doing that well like doing that mm. with excellence and and being teachable and coachable in those moments to always get better 
Um, wow. Yeah, that's really powerful because I think it changes your definition mm-hmm. of success, right? Like for a lot of people, success would be being the star player, getting on the floor, scoring lots of points. But if you see your role as a support role and being there for your teammates, then your definition of success would be everything that you just said. And you can feel good in that and you can feel like you're helping the team. And at the same time, that's you being humble. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. So what do you feel like, how do you feel like that's helping you in your life now? Now I know you're an engineer and, you know, you're married now and you've moved away from North Carolina. So how is humility important in your life? Yeah. Now? So I think in college, it was hard for me to admit that I, you know, had a weakness, right? Or maybe wasn't the best. Like we all, we all want to be the best. We all want to be the star player. Mm -hmm. And so I think college really was the time where I realized, you know, just in that instance on that team, I, I wasn't the best and that's okay. You know, sometimes, you know, there will be a, a best player and that's fine too, but I, I wasn't. And so it was really just this act of admitting that I, I have a weakness and I need help, right? I need the help of my coaches or my teammates and I need the help of other people in order to succeed and to do, you know, well with whatever I'm doing. So in life now, I just am thankful for learning that lesson of really just admitting, you know, I need help and I, I don't know it all. I haven't arrived. And so when I think about my job, right, I started almost two years ago. I was so scared um, to start work. I, you know, had had gone to to college and, and learned what I thought I needed to learn. But until you get on the job and, and you start getting advice from other people, you, you don't really know what you're doing. Um, and same goes for, True. for marriage, right? I, I'm just thankful for counselors and, and people that pour into my life and, and share their experiences. And it, it, it is just this constant act of humbling. And I think asking other people for their wisdom and their counsel um, cause that makes, you know, me, me better at my job currently. That makes me better in my marriage now. And yeah, so it, it plays out all the time. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I think that's really powerful because as athletes, we don't like to admit that we have weakness and the idea of asking for help sounds like, you know, a foreign language, I think in a lot of instances for us. And mm-hmm. if we define humility as exactly what you just said, then we're not afraid to ask for help because we realize that we can't do it on our own. And so I think that's really cool. Thank you for sharing that. So now what do you, what do you do in your professional life right now as an engineer? Are you with people? Right. COVID, I know. You might be home, yeah. So I'm primarily working from home right now. Um, a couple of times I, I get out in the real world um, with my mask <laughs> Um, we, yeah, we do. I work on different things, but, you know, sometimes I actually get into the hospital setting and get to work with different providers within a clinic, right. And sort of understand what's going on in their clinic. How can we make it better as far as efficiency or documenting or, you know, getting more patients in or making the patients happier. Um, so it's, 
it's sort of a flowery way of saying we look at data and, and try to make things a little bit more efficient. Um, but I, I appreciate that about the job too, is it's, it's not all data. Sometimes it's relationship building and understanding what would make the work day better for providers. And I, I like that. So let me just ask, you met Patricia at Maryland? Is kind, that correct? In Maryland, yes. Um, <laughs> oh, in Maryland. Okay. Do you do FCA yeah, a little bit so or no? At NC State, I had a leader um, who did some of our pregame chapels, and she worked for FCA. Her name is Elizabeth Ledford, and she is friends with Patricia. And so when Elizabeth found out I was moving to Maryland, she says, oh, I got to connect you with my oh. friend. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she's a connector. Yeah, so we went out for like coffee. It. And then we reconnected, okay. I think, what, well, like a year later, maybe, because mm-hmm. I think when we went out for coffee, you were just getting here, you were moving, you were, you know, I mean, you're trying to figure out life when you first get somewhere. And I remember Kaylee getting back in touch with me and she's like, I miss sports people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here we are. And this is why right. we started this podcast. You know, there is something different about women and men who play sports and just the camaraderie of of a team. Patricia and I talk about that. That's why we call this like, welcome to the team room because it's, it's real and it's raw and it's, um, there is something about us. that's a little different. I've always felt that minded women. God made us a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Different. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kaylee. I appreciate it. We have one last main segment called the blooper reel, and we would love it if you wanted to share one of your blooper moments with us. Yes. So, you know, I chose to speak about humility. So I think it's only fair if I humble myself and, <laughs> and, and, and even more, moment. Um, you know, I was thinking about one, there's, there's too many to share, but I'll, I'll share one related to my time at NC state since, you know, Perfect. this is what we're talking about. Um, so I remember there was a you know, an event, but leading up to the season, I think we called it night with the pack, right? So it's the night, the men's and women's basketball team, they scrimmage a little bit and just get the fans really pumped up for the season. Well, there was one particular year that the men's team had a player whose dad played at NC State, um, I think back in the late 80s, early 90s, right? And he was on one of the famous teams that made it to the Sweet 16. So he was a sort of well-known NC State player. And I just remember I was with one of my teammates and we were just creating small talk because that player who had played for the NC State team back in the late 80s, he was there doing announcements, sort of emceeing the game. And I remember just this moment of, you know, NC State fan Kaylee kind of being starstruck. I knew he was a, a, a an important guy. <laughs> I just the only thing that came to mind was his grandson is a walk on this year, right? Uh, so I, I said that. I said, "Oh, isn't it so cool how your grandson is playing on the men's team this year?" Well, it wasn't his grandson; it's his son. <laughs> And it gets oh, even worse because he goes out <laughs> and he does his MC event and he says, welcome NC State fans. You'll never believe what just happened. <laughs> Apparently everyone thinks 
it's my oh, grandson no. who's on the NC State team this year. I guess I really look old, huh? And I just, <laughs> I just remember oh, being no. mortified. Um, but you know what? It happens. I, I didn't mean I didn't mean to to offend him, and, and he knows that. But <laughs> it's one of those moments where your words just don't come out right. Uh huh. Yep. And you just wish you could take them back. Yep. Oh, I've done yeah. that. Oh yep. yeah. Oh in. man. That's well, at least he didn't announce to the whole stadium that, you know, what one of the girls said to me, you know, <laughs> and your right, name, right. and your I name, know, that could have even been worse. He could have made reference to the women's team, but he, he didn't remember my name, which is, is good. That's good. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's a blessing. That's uh, funny. Oh, awesome. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you, Kaylee. This has been fantastic. And I really appreciate you coming on here and being willing to share your story, um, to talk about humility. Cause I think that reframing the way we think about humility is important for life. Always. It's not just related to sports, but it's something that we can relate to life all of the time. And I know, you know, we talk to athletes all the time about that, but I think we need to apply that into our own lives, um, as well. So I really appreciate it. Um, Before we close, we like to pass the ball to a woman who's inspired us in life. So I wonder if there's someone you would like to pass the ball to. Yes, certainly. I had mentioned her a little bit um, prior to this, but I would love to pass the ball to Elizabeth Ledford. She was my FCA leader in college at NC State and, you know, talk about someone who demonstrates humility and just considers others' needs above her own. There were several times where she met us, you know, us meaning me and my teammates in seasons that were good and seasons that were bad. And she was just ready to be there for us, encourage us um, with with the word or with the meal and just really grateful for her. Yeah, that's awesome. Love Elizabeth. Well, I hope you all have gotten as much out of this conversation as I have. I thank you for joining us today in our team room for our conversation with Kaylee about humility and the idea that if we reframe humility as putting others before ourselves and embracing our role and finding purpose in that, that there is actually strength. And I know I took a lot of great notes and I hope you all did as well. There's still time to join our Huddle for Women event on Saturday. You can go to our website, lifeisateamsporteveryday.com and find the link to register. It only takes about 30 seconds to register and then we'll send you the info for how you can log on and join us. We'll be on there from 10 to 12 on Saturday and also from 7 to 9. So you have things to do in the middle of the day. That's okay. You can still join us in the morning and the evening. Or if you can only join for one, that's okay too. We'd still love to have you hop on there. We want to get to know you. We want to hear your story and we want to be an encouragement. As always, thanks for joining us. Life is a team sport and you are never alone.